Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to the Will Within Podcast. This is your home for shared stories of hope, perseverance, will, and inspiration. Join us today as we share another story that brings to life the underlying beat of our lives. Consider us your virtual friends. Let's get inspired. Ladies and gentlemen, do I have a beautiful Advent and Christmas treat for you. Today, I'm not going to talk long. I'm just going to tell you this woman is amazing. You're going to absolutely love her music. She's got nine CDs. She's got a tremendous Christmas album. You have to listen to her. Without any further ado, my conversation with Donna Coy. Welcome, Donna. I'm so excited to have you here. I said it to everybody. I absolutely love your music, though. I listen to it all day long, every day. So I'm so excited to have you. Yeah, it's fun to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Let, let's talk about your story, how you were raised, how you were brought up, and how Catholicism fit in. And then we'll talk about what your journey is now, what you're doing right now. And then we're oh, going to focus on your Christmas stuff. Oh, yeah, wonderful, because this is Advent. So I was uh, raised a ca- cradle Catholic, which means I didn't know my faith very well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can vouch for that. Right. <laughs> So after after first grade, I went to public school and then we had to go to those catechism things once a week for an hour. And I don't think you can learn the faith once a week for an hour. We didn't really talk about God at home. We did pray before meals, I think on Sundays. <laughs> we did confess <laughs> on Sundays. But when I had a little little siblings, they um, I guess that was too much for my mom. We didn't go to mass when they, we were all really little was older, but I do remember my dad taking me to confession. I think I'm the only one who did that for, you know, I'm the oldest. So the oldest has to be perfect, you know, how many were there? I'm the oldest of four. Okay. four. So I'm thinking that had a lot to do with um, knowing the importance of religion, but we didn't, we didn't really practice it Mm -hmm. or or talk about it. So I didn't really know it very well. And it wasn't until um, later on, I started getting challenged on my faith. That I had to learn, of course, you know, because I knew there were good reasons for why we believe what we believe as Catholics, but I just couldn't put my thumb on. It. I just didn't know. And, and that's when I found Scott Hahn. But uh, I started singing when I was nine and I got some solos in elementary school. We rec- recorded a, a, an album, two albums in elementary school. Wow. So 
I got a big head very young. And so I was going to be rich and famous at a very young age. <laughs> and I joined the city choir and learned a lot about music and music theory. I sang with Pavarotti. I was in an opera. And then the oh, is that, time, I'm sorry to interrupt. Was that New York? I mean, did you grow up no, in Miami? Miami. Yeah. I, so I was born in New York, but um, my my father had to take me out of New York because he didn't want me growing up with an accent like that. <laughs> the Bronx, and okay. Bronx is very thick. And it wasn't until I went and visited my grandmother. I stopped at a, a drugstore before I went to her house and I was checking out and I couldn't understand what the cashier was saying. And that's when it clicked. And I realized what my dad meant by I don't want you growing up talking like that. <laughs> But the thing is, is, you know, he's from the Bronx and so is my mother. So you can take the girl out of the Bronx, but you can't take the Bronx out of the girl. So I, I, I get an accent once in a while. I turn it on when I need to. And especially when I'm at home. So anyway, this is in Miami and I joined the Miami Choral Society and I uh, was there for five years, learned all about different kinds of music. And, and then I got selected to sing in the opera with Pavarotti and a couple other operas after that. And then I went to a performing arts high school. So we went to did our academics in the morning and then we were bused to the community college for um, music, dancing, acting. We did tap and we did music theory and um, musical theater. People kind of had to learn it all. So we had a lot of classes mm -hmm. and I didn't get home after rehearsals, rehearsals till like 11 o'clock at night. Wow. So we did a lot of shows. A musical theater mostly, but I was rock and roller at heart. And um, I joined this punk rock band when I was 16 and we recorded an album. And they did things backwards. I guess they had bad experience with girls and they didn't want to, to um, do paperwork and sign contracts before an album was actually recorded because they didn't know if she's going to even be any good. So why spend all that money on legal fees when they don't really want her anyway? So we recorded this EP and then it came time to sign the paperwork because I guess they liked what I did. And their manager had this uh, tour for, of Central America all organized. And we had an album in the stores and they wanted to sign papers. And I was only 16. So I had my dad there and I wasn't even driving. So he was driving oh me. Were you like the Joan Jett of your day? Remember? I guess so. Sure. And um, unfortunately, they chose the name of their record label as Intercourse Records. And my dad says, oh, I'm not signing my daughter to Intercourse Records. Just just, just pick a different name. And they refused. I don't know why. Now that I'm older and I see what's involved with paperwork and legalities, it's really no big deal to just pick a different name. But they thought it was a big deal and they said no. So that ended my <laughs> punk rock singing career and my albums and tours and things like that. And so I got a full scholarship to the University of Miami School of Music with the idea that I was just going to make some contacts there and move to New York. Cause you know, the clock's ticking. I'm not famous yet. And I had, I had to get my butt to New York. Otherwise it just wasn't going to happen for me, you know, but in my, in Miami, I, I wasn't a small fish. I was a kind of bigger fish in a small pond. I did a lot of recording sessions. I sang at the bigger studios and I sang on other people's albums that I was, you know, a hired singer. I did jingles and, voiceovers and cartoon character voices. And, and I was pretty busy, but, you know, it's it's still just Miami and New York was really where my heart was. And I wanted to get there as soon as possible. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Please. Were you involved in liturgical music at all during this time? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Yes. When I first started high school, I um, I met this guy at this performing arts high school that played piano by ear. 
and he used to accompany all of us. And he went to this Catholic church where they had a band. Um, I mean, I grew up in a very traditional organ only kind of church and his church was charismatic. They had a drum set, electric bass and guitar synthesizers of all things and timpani. And um, he played the synthesizer there. And I'm thinking, I've never heard of anything like this before. So I asked my dad if he would take us to this Catholic church, St. Louis Catholic church in Miami, Florida. And um, my dad said, of course, because, you know, if his kid wants him to take him to mass, he's Mm -hmm. um, a different place. Sure. If you're going to be into it. Absolutely. So that was, it was pivotal in my whole family's conversion. There was a Mayus retreats there. And my dad had his, um, reversion if you will and um it it really infused a lot of faith in our family and i started writing music for mass and i would they would ask me to sing and i sang and played my songs at offertory song time and um i'd do whatever liturgical music that they had selected for the rest of the mass but um and, and part of the youth group there, I did write and perform for the youth group. So, yes, I, I was liturgically Absolutely. minded at this point. It was on uh, Sundays only. And uh, it was because of the music. It was because of this band. It was because of a guy. <laughs> I know he's a guy. That I had a crush on, and this is where he went. So, yes. Um, so that was my foray, foray into writing Christian music. And that's the first time I ever wrote Christian music. It was for actually, you know, singing at mass. And, uh, but I guess I, I don't know. I just, I just didn't go that route. God could have invited me to do something at that, you know, but it, it didn't happen. And I just had my eyes set on New York and just being, get a, that record label and so I, I left my full scholarship at the private university of Miami school of music. And I took off and went to New York and I passed out my demos and I did more sessions and I sang in bands and studio work and more of other people's albums. And, and I got, I got a production deal. Oh, that's right. When I was in Miami, right before I met, I left, I was singing at a club and that's a representative from Arista records came and he and he saw me and he wanted to sign me to a production deal and i, I said i have just happened to be moving to new york in the next month i have to save my money to go i couldn't go with any money so he said great when you're there look me up and we'll record some songs so that would made a nice transition to the big city the thing is is i didn't really like his music <laughs> the music that i was asked to sing it just wasn't up to my standard and he great we had gone through all the legalities and signed paperwork ahead of time. Um, but then again, but the, you know, the same thing was true. I just didn't like the music. You could tell my heart wasn't in it. And so he let me out of my contract and I just started writing my own stuff again. And I, I found my way into the power station studio with a production deal. And, you know, at this, at this point I'm wearing my miraculous metal. I'm, I'm wearing a scapular. Um, the producer, he would tease me when my my string was showing on the scapular. He says, oh, it looks like you're wired for sound. Um, I'd get teased. And then if I had just happened to be with any guy, he, he would say something like, oh, why don't you just sleep with him and get it over with already? Yeah. And it, I was thinking, you know, I could be a light in the darkness, you know, um, 
uh, I can do the secular music and still keep true to uh, my faith. And but but the truth is, that's not how it works. <laughs> we don't go yeah. out and play Satan's game and think we're going to be a light because that world is going to snuff us out as quickly as we can inhale. Mm-hmm. And besides, Jesus sent them out two by two, right. never by themselves. Right. So um, I, I used just, to have that problem. I didn't mean to interrupt. Do I keep interrupting? Oh, I said I was fine. I was just going to say when I moved, when I moved out to Los Angeles to do liturgical music, I specifically focused on wanting to do liturgical music. And oh. when I worked at E Entertainment Television, they were always coming to me to because they were lost. Those people that wanted to focus only on Hollywood and fame and all that. They were spiritually lost and they knew that I was involved in liturgical music and church and stuff. So they would always come to me. It was the most bizarre thing. Oh, interesting. You know, that yeah. they're trying to push you. Those people were trying to push you to the other to the other way. You know, yeah, they, living? they want me to be like them. Yeah. Why should you be different? Exactly. Be better it's than crazy. everybody else. You need to be just like us. So anyway, at that point, I, I just prayed and I told God, you know, music is all I know how to do. Ever since I was a little kid, I've been singing. I've been writing songs. I've been recording. I even, you know, I went to music school. All I know how to do is music. So, Lord, if you want me to do something different, you have to put a fork in my road. So How old were you then? I was about 22, okay. 23. And, you know, I had never heard of a Marian conference, you know, but yet I went uh, to prayer groups. I prayed the rosary. They were all, you know, older ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to daily mass. Um, back then it, on the East Coast is nude mass because as a musician, I slept in late. Mm-hmm. But, um, you'd think you could meet a guy. Um, we went on pilgrimages. We went to shrines together with, you know, this group. And uh, I ne- they never told me that there was a Marian conference. I've never heard of one. Um, I never met a nun that had invited me to, to, you know, come consider the order or th- there was, I just felt like God did not call me. Like here I am in earnest. I, I read books by the saints and mystics and reading the Bible and, um, going on these prayer groups and pilgrimages and the Lord just didn't call me. I'm like, why? why? So what he, what ended up happening was I, um, I went on a pilgrimage to Israel and I met my then husband in Israel. He was a Protestant. Well, he was a, he was raised Catholic. And I always thought once raised, once a Catholic, always a Catholic. Oh, you're just a confession away, but that's not true. And, um, you know, after we got married, I guess this was my fork in the road. I found out that he was anti-Catholic, you know, all the time before he was very amicable and um, very respectful. But I mean, on the honeymoon, on the honeymoon, um, I find out how anti-Catholic he was. But I was on my way to Seattle. I had left New York. I had left my contacts. I had left singing, left it all behind because I didn't want to do that anymore. And I moved to Seattle, and I just wanted to be happy homemaker. But I had written him a song. I sang it at our wedding, and his dad heard me sing. And went, uh, six months into this marriage, which was very abusive, he asked me if I was going to sing again. And I just said, you know, I don't sing anymore. I left all that behind. And he got mad at me, and he banged on the table. He stomped, stomped his fist on the table and said, you can't quit. And my out was, well, you know, when God inspires me to do something, I'll, I'll sing again. And I had a friend invite me 
to, to a Marian conference. I had no idea what that was, but you know, I'm not a musician anymore. I have my weekends available. So I said, okay, yeah, that's great. Let's go. So I went to Marian conference. There was a girl there who sang the guardian angel prayer. And the woman I was with bought her cassette because of the prayer. You know, I was thinking, oh, you know, it's not that good. I'm, I'm from New York. I can do better. <laughs> and but um, it doesn't didn't matter to this lady. She wanted it for the prayer. And that's what a little bulb went off. I'm like, wow, I can sing simple little songs from um, prayers of the saints, prayers from scripture, prayers that people like already. Mm-hmm. And, and I can put them to music. I was pretty good at, at uh, writing songs. I could put them to music and sing them. And people would probably just buy it because of the the prayer itself, you know, plus, okay, I have a pretty good voice. So I'll give that a try. And then also at this conference, uh, I was introduced to Father Martin Lucia, who was a priest who went around the world setting up perpetual Eucharistic adoration chapels. And he said, we need a song on the Eucharist. I mean, the woman, the, what, this woman I was with, she just introduced me to him as, oh, she's a singer. She's a, and he just jumped right in. Um, didn't really ask me about myself at all. He just gave me a command. We need a song <laughs> on the Eucharist. And, and with the interesting thing about him is Father Martin Lucia, is he's almost the spitting image of my producer in New York. They're both Italian. They, they were both slender belt. They were both uh, walked and talked very quickly. I, I likened them to like Marvin the Martian. They would just, just talk so quickly. And they were the same. So it's like a natural segue from my, my secular producer who's, you know, trying to mold me into something. And then this spitting image on the left coast with father Martin Lucia telling me I need to sing on the, on the Eucharist. So it was very clear. I had very clear direction as to what to do now. And um, at this, at this point, I was also um, a lay Carmelite. I had Carmelite leanings and I tended to be very reclusive and quiet and meditative. And really all I did wanted to do was read and pray so um, putting these prayers to music was like a, a natural combination. Mm-hmm. So I, I started singing prayers. And then in trying to, to sell this cassette, I made a cassette of these prayers. I just opened the Pieta prayer book and I started putting uh, the, the, the popular prayers to music. Plus other ones like Lovely Lady Dressed in Blue. I love, that's my favorite song. Is it I don't really? know when it's you very... wrote that, but that is my absolute favorite song. Isn't that neat? That was cried the first time first. I heard it. That's my I... very first. And, and I, I like to tell people, this is really important. It's my first cassette. I did all the music myself on a 32 voice sequencer keyboard. Yeah. Now I was used to professional musicians, excellent musicians with uh, very expensive uh, studio equipment and all of that. And for me to do something incredibly simple just me and a keyboard that i programmed myself mm. was very humbling or humiliating even but um that's it just goes to show because that song lovely lady dressed in blue is just piano and vocal and yet to mm. this day to this day is still one of my most popular songs and so i like to tell people you don't have to meet a standard if god wants to bless something if god wants to move you and do something through you he doesn't need a lot he just mm-hmm. needs a little something he needs you to do something it's like he's this great he has this great power in his hand ready to go forth and he's just saying 
do something so I can bless it, please. Just mm -hmm. do something I want. I have this power ready to go out, but I, it can't go if you mm -hmm. can't do, if you don't do something. Mm -hmm. so you know the old Saint, uh, um, Saint Francis, the breastplate there, yeah, you know, Christ has no body now, but yours. No, Saint Teresa, I'm sorry. Of Avalon, no, yeah. yeah. No hands, no feet. I mean, you are definitely uh, a voice in, in, in the body of Christ. It's exactly. Amazing. So he could have inspired me to do something. And then I, I could have said, no, I'm married to an anti-Catholic. I'm not going to sing Catholic prayers. You know, I could have made all these excuses as to why I couldn't or wouldn't or shouldn't do something. But I, I just did something. Plus, I did have the encouragement of the of my ex's father. He wanted me to sing something. So with that authority, talent, how, how could my then husband say no? Pretty much. Yeah. Also, I was I was forbidden to pray the rosary. Really? I was. I was forbidden to pray. Took yeah, my God. statue and hurled it over mm. the body. God forgive. And so I was thinking, what am I gonna do for my next CD? I'm certainly not going to sing the rosary. <laughs> even though I don't know even though I had that thought I could sing the rosary, like, no, 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 I can't even do that. I'm not even allowed to pray it. But um, in trying to sell my cassette, I sent it to some Marian conferences because I figure if that's where all this music is going to be born, that's where it's going to be go and spread and, and um, be spread. Can I ask, can I take a side tr uh, trick here for a second? Sure. Your ex-husband was so anti-Catholic. Did he ever, was this before, this was obviously before you met Scott Hunt, right? Because he's like a perfect person for somebody like your husband to be exposed to. Actually, my husband spoke with Scott Hahn on the phone. <laughs> right. Yes, because in this all the singing, I actually met Scott Hahn and he he told me we need a song on the mass. So I started writing a song on the mass based from his book, The Lamb's Supper. And um, we were on the phone talking one day and I, I talked to told him about my husband and he actually put him on the phone and they, they chatted. Um, so, yeah, I didn't know Scott Hahn existed until I met my ex because I was talking with a girlfriend and she's, you know, because I was always being challenged on the faith. I didn't mm -hmm. know what to say. I said, oh, you need to read Scott Hahn. Yeah, who's the, who's that? Mm -hmm. So I had to learn. Right. We're, we're not dead. We're always perpetual students until mm -hmm. the day we die. So I had to learn about the faith to be able to give a reason for the hope that lies within you, like scripture says. So I had to study up Catholic answers became my best friend. And I started learning all about the faith so that by the time I had my third album, I started putting apologetics and prayers. And that's another thing I love when, when I use your example about the saints are not dead, but more alive. I use uh -huh. the same verbiage and people uh -huh. are like, oh, I never thought of it that way. See what you know what I mean? Sure. You're talking really down to people. It's great. You're, it's, you're really conversing with them at their level. Isn't it? It's interesting how God works because I never would have done anything like this. Really? But being married to an anti-Catholic, I needed to, to learn my faith. And so in learning these apologetics, um, it, you know, the third album, when I put the Hail Mary to music, I was thinking, well, what am I going to do for verses? And I just thought, well, how about scripture for reasons why we pray to Mary? And so that's how my Hail Mary, Why We Say It song came came about. And it's on the on the CD, uh, the third one called That We May Be One. But as I was trying to sell the first uh, cassette, I sent it to Marian conferences. 
And they put it, this one put it in their bookstore. They had, they wanted to take their healthy cut to 40%, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, later on, they asked me, hey, because they were going to have somebody sing the rosary at their conference. They asked me, can you sing the rosary? Because the one we were going to have sing, she couldn't make it. And it was, you know, down to the wire. And I said, yeah, sure. Because I was trained. You always say yes and then figure it out later. Yes. So I, I, in, my, in my commutes from Jersey to New York to on the way to the studio, I would sing the rosary because it, it, it takes twice as long. Which I'm, I'm figuring that's why St. Augustine says singing is praying twice because it takes twice as long. But anyway, I would sing the rosary in the car and I was thinking, oh, I bet Our Lady really likes this. I bet she's, she's tickled by this whole thing. It's kind of sweet, you know, it's childlike. And I'd sing the rosary. So when he asked me, can you sing the rosary? I said, yes, but I didn't have anything to give him. So I had to record it really fast. And I sent it to him and he said he, he liked it. And he wanted me to sing at the conference. So now here I'm forbidden to sing the rosary. I'm forbidden to pray the rosary. Yet I get this invitation to go sing it at a conference. So what do I do? I ask the husband and he's an entrepreneur, very businesslike. And if there's you know dollar signs in it, he's all for it. So mm-hmm. I got permission to go and I sang it. And I got, I didn't have anything to sell except the first cassette. And um, I got like 75 to 100 names on a piece of paper and addresses, of people who wanted to buy this. So I go home and I show it to him. And I said, what do you think? Should I go in the studio and record this? And he said, sure. Because these people want to pay good money mm-hmm. for a recorded rosary. So with full permission i go into the studio and again just simple melody on my sequencer that i program myself i go in the studio and i record the rosary and i was in business and so i like to tell people and i wasn't going to sing the rosary but my pushy jewish mother in heaven Hmm. twisted my arm and she caused me to sing the rosary and it it wasn't my idea and um, i needed permission to do it so it's totally of god and um, to this day, it's it, it supports all the rest of them. It's basically the, the rosary and now the chaplet are my my biggest sellers. I <laughs> have I have the divine mercy, which I do every day with you every morning as soon as I open my eyes. And awesome. I want to get the rosary one. I didn't realize until a few weeks ago that you even had one. I don't know why that escaped me. You've got like nine CDs. I do. I've have got them. five and I'm like, why don't I have the other ones? I don't know. I'm running a sale right now. I'm there you go. Off. So now's the time to finish your collection. or give them a gift. So the rosary is a four disc set, one for the joyful, sorrowful, glorious, luminous. Um, each one has its own disc with the opening and closing prayers. And it t- does take with all the opening and closing prayers. It does take 43 minutes. I mean, you could shorten it down to 39 are they streamed at all? Because I don't have any DVD players or I don't have a DVD drive on my computers. Or you can find me on oh, Spotify. Perfect. Okay, great. Spotify or Amazon Music. Absolutely. I'm on all the platforms. That's and, wonderful. And also, People, listen up. People. <laughs> YouTube has my videos as well. So you could support me oh, by great. listening there as okay. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I you recommended a book the other day that I ended up buying called Deliverance Prayers. Used by the lady. Oh yeah. my goodness! Don't let a day go by without praying. I know. So I was. I'm looking at. The, I've been looking at that for the last two or three days, just reading through and finding which ones I really wanted to focus on. Right. Okay. Days. Yeah. yeah. It's excellent. No, I'm saying you're a wealth of information. I was like, girl, this woman is wonderful. She's got uh-huh. so much diversity in what she does. So I've been doing great. this a long time. I've been in the prayer business. 
<laughs> a long time. And I'm really interested in, uh, in mystics and prayers and, and I, I get invited to Marian conferences. So I get to meet a lot of different speakers and that's how I've met father Chad Ripperger, the exorcist who is the one who told us that we pray wrong. And he told us to pray these auxilium Christianorum prayers you know, the older I get, the more I learn. And then if I learn it, I pass it on. Because so, scripture says we perish. My people yes. perish for lack of knowledge. Correct. So I feel if God's going to give me all this and I have a platform, it's my obligation to share it with everybody and keep them, get them and keep them praying. I've seen that you did Stockbridge too. Um, I live in Massachusetts. So I actually watched the shrine, Divine Mercy. Oh, okay. every day the mass. Yeah, they have a beautiful service. And I sure. like that they're more. I I grew up in Novus Order, okay. And when you were talking about bands and all that kind of stuff, I grew up in Novus Order, always doing yeah. the cantering and all that stuff. But I never felt a real inclination to be overwhelmed by what their sermons and preaching were like. Right. But the, but the Divine Mercy people are really Marian focused oh, and sure. beautiful, beautiful devotion. I'd recommend yeah. anybody watching that. With COVID, a lot of people are watching them. I love the Marians. Yeah, they're very supportive of what I do, too. They have an audio version of the diary. They have this nun with a Polish accent reading mm. the parts of St. Faustina, and it's on 36 CD discs. I, I'm sure there's a digital, but they included every single song from my Divine Mercy Prayer CD really? in, wow. in their audio version, because it's just prayers from the diary, from Faustina's mm. diary that I took out and put to music, because that's all I do is I, I sing prayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Aylar, Father Aylar, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be disruptive. Father Aylar has his own um, rosary thing, too, which I listen. So if I'm not listening to your Divine Mercy, I'm listening to his rosary one. But now he'll be in competition with you because I'm going to be getting the rosary one. (laughs) All right, then. So let's talk about your Christmas CD because we're in in Advent right now. But people actually do start listening to CDs um, that are Christmas related. I know. So let's I, talk about, oh, come on, come Emmanuel. I, I want to share with people a couple of uh, songs, if you don't mind. We'll get people in the mood. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about the oh, come on, come Emmanuel that you did. Sure. Well, and then I'll um, play it. And I like the, the rubato field. There's really no time being kept on oh, come on, come. It's more like a, an ethereal, a big calling out into space. And it's got an old Jewish instrument sounding thing. It's just a clarinet, but it sounds, it's, yeah. it's got that Jewish kind of theme playing for uh, throughout it. And I wanted to do a Christmas album that was just centered on the mystery of the incarnation mm-hmm. and none of the jingle bells and all the secular mm-hmm. stuff. I just wanted to be a meditation from beginning to end. And that's what my Christmas concerts are like. I, I share scriptures in between the songs. I make it as a story as one might have, as as maybe Mary might have experienced the incarnation from her perspective. Mm. So I even at a concert, I even include uh, the Magnificat, Mary's prayer. She was pregnant when she prayed that. And then also Canticle of Zechariah. Mm. As, yep. uh, that prayer as a reggae tune, right? That is my reggae tune. That's right. <laughs> Album number three. It's, I'm still singing it because people still like it. So all these old songs that I, I mean, I've been doing this a long time since 95. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, these old songs, they're because they're prayers and they are catchy, too. And they're still in they're still popular and still being still interested. So, yeah, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is is a 
nice one. I, I open my con concerts with that. And it's just a, a big it's a beautiful advent call. It is. Mm -hmm. So I love how the album starts that way. So let's take a listen to it. Lohauer Rose that you did as well. It's gorgeous. It's it's um, a cappella, if I'm not mistaken. I love how you layered your voices in that whole thing. You did the three-part harmony in that, right? Yeah, and that was from my junior high days. Remember I told you I was in the city choir yeah. and I sang with Pavarotti? Well, I think we sang this song. I was in the girls' chorus, so one part would have the melody and then there were some harmonies and then an alto and we all sang together. So on low, how rose there blooming. I just sang all the parts. I know I, it has perfect harmony. I thought it was gorgeous. I thought I absolutely loved it. So we'll listen to that afterwards. And then we'll listen to the final one called, um, what child is this?
your Christmas concert online at all? Do you know that? I am giving a concert. I have one concert this year, this Christmas, a live one uh, Christmas, Advent Christmas and it's in Stafford, Virginia mm-hmm. and you can get a, a live stream access code. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so if you go to my website, donacory.com forward slash concert stream dot html or you could just go to my the concert tab on my website and scroll down to December 12th. That's the date of the concert. 
It says, get your access link here. Wonderful. Like you know, that. there was one good silver lining about COVID, and that's it, that we were able to now stream a lot of things that were not being able to be streamed before. Concerts, you know. That's true. Talks, I never did this before. Yeah. So I am very excited. I've been able to avail myself of a lot of things that I wouldn't normally have been able to watch or see, you know? Uh-huh. Well, I'm so excited. Well, great. Well, I think that's a wonderful way to end. I want to ask you as a final question, what do you consider your mantra? Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Oh, I used to think that if I didn't get a record deal, I'd be a bag lady. I, yeah, I don't know why. It never occurred to me I could get married. <laughs> but anyway, I left, all, I left music behind. I left the record deal behind, and God gave it back to me a hundredfold, singing for him in music that I control and singing what I want, when I want, and for his glory. And we've all been blessed because of it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Amen. So, Donna, thank you so much for doing this, and Merry Christmas to you. Happy Advent. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and Happy Advent. God bless you. God bless you. Bye, Regina. Bye-bye. What an absolute blessing to have this conversation with Donna. I hope you really did enjoy it. She's a tremendous lady. Uh, the story that she told of her life experience and how she came to focus entirely on Christian music is just a godsend. I, I wasn't kidding when I said to you, I have the majority of her albums on her CDs streaming, actually. So make sure you avail yourself of that. Let me remind you again that her live stream, if you can, if you can get to Stanford, not Stanford, if you can get to Stafford, Virginia, you can go see the concert on Sunday, December twelfth, and that's going to be at four p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They call it traditional Christmas. You can also, like she said, stream it if you're not able to get to that facility, and um, she'll send you a link to it if you. Go to the website and you sign up. You want to go to donnacorey.com and then go to concertstream.html. So donnacorey.com backslash concertstream.html. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a wonderful and blessed Advent, Christmas, and Happy New Year. So I'll be seeing you in 2022. God's blessings that everything goes a lot smoother than it's gone the last two years. And I just wish you all of God's glory and blessing. Merry Christmas. And until next year, my Wilberton family, be blessed.
This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.